0: two paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not so famous cases
1: of Moida, ghosts legends and lore with a healthy dose of debunking that we do love to do a, a debunk a debunk a debunk because it's true <laughs> if you don't try to debunk it's just a rumor I'm sorry. You need to have some evidence, evidence, evidence,
0: evidence.
1: I haven't gotten to do a good evidence in a while. It was really satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> ASMR evidence,
0: evidence, evidence.
1: You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. Uh, so, fun fact didn't some people disappear? <gasps> From the Diaslav
0: Pass. I was going to look and see if there was an update, too, and I forgot. Um, But I sent you that article a couple days ago. Do you want to fill in? I'm going to look for an update.
1: So this is from, yeah, a week ago. A week ago. A little less than a week ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And currently, we are recording on February 16th, so you won't hear this until a week from today. So for you, it was probably two weeks ago, listeners, Um, but... That story that we talked about last time about the Dietzlav Pass and the Olaf Challenge. in the you Olaf recall.
0: Challenge. I forgot about that. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, apparently, Kim sent me a fun text earlier this week about an article that talked about the Dietzlav Pass uh, having some tourists go missing mm-hmm. while they were visiting the exact <laughs> spot. Of the of the disappearance, yeah, of the the disappearance and death of mm-hmm. the hikers um, at Datslov Pass, which is freaking wild. Like, what are the chances of having another group of people go missing? Well, and and
0: uh, I I I'm trying to look for an update right now, and what's funny is that. Um, all the updates like I'm seeing in the news are about how they think they might have solved the mystery, but new people missing, uh, I'm not seeing a whole lot except for like seven days ago. Here's something from four days ago. This is, um, Euro Weekly News that is saying, uh, that eight tourists are missing in Russia's infamous of Pass, uh... And they believe that the tourists um, were from Moscow, and they were supposed to leave at eight o'clock this morning, but they have not yet returned, and we have no contact with them.
1: Ruh-roh. that does not sound good. Ruh-roh. But there, that kind of adds to the mystery. It
0: it it does, but the, there's there's been no no updates I'm seeing in the last couple of days to say whether or not they've returned or if they've started a search party or anything. So.
1: Stay tuned. Stay tuned, <laughs> we'll listeners. We'll probably find out more in the next uh, couple weeks. Stay tuned. But how wild is that that we just talked about it and now more people went missing? Yeah, that's trippy. I it's I always enjoy wild. when we have the opportunity
0: to update on something uh, or, or talk further on a topic we've covered. Because it I feel like it doesn't happen too often with some of what you we've covered. You are correct. But this is not one I would have anticipated.
1: No, I I didn't either. And honestly, I mean, we could always scully it right now and say, well, these people just maybe got stuck in the snow somewhere and oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's it's wintering off in Russia, you know, (laughs) in Russia in an area that is known to be a very challenging place to hike and not really recommended for anyone who's not an experienced a really experienced yeah. hiker yeah um so uh, surprising but not surprising timing wise impeccable yes.
0: to come on the heels of of the new theory about solving the case with the, the the little micro avalanche or whatever it it it's just interesting totally
1: and if you have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> Go back and listen to our Dietlav Pass episode, yes, um, and do some digging because some there's digging. been some recent information that's come out about the Dzitlov Pass, and uh-huh. it's a really fascinating topic. Um, one of those fun unsolved mysteries that everybody wants to say is aliens, but you know how we feel. Um,
0: <laughs> no comment. Don't get, no yeah, don't get me started, Kevin. Don't get me started.
1: We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. No. We have other rabbit holes for you to venture down we today. Do. We do. I'm very excited about this topic, guys, because Kim has given me a little bit of insight.
0: <laughs> you mean I called and ranted at you last night? Is that oh, is so that what fun. you mean by insight?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what I mean by insight. Uh, it was a good time.
0: Well, and I, you know, it's funny because I feel like I'm saying this every week now. Um where, wow, this is a topic I've been desperate to cover for a while.
1: But it's true. This is a topic I've been desperate to cover for a while. <laughs> We've been talking about this for a minute and just wanted to find the right time to squeeze it in. To squeeze it in. Well, and, and I mean, I will say this is something I I
0: first heard about. Jeez. Um, I don't know. Maybe fifteen years ago is the first time oh, dang. this this crossed my path, um, and always I've always found it kind of interesting. So, okay, what have I told you? There is a place in Africa
1: that for decades has been haunted by a killer. I mean, I would not be surprised based on content that we have produced. Fair. Fair. Nope, that's fair. (laughs) Um, So
0: this killer is rumored to have killed hundreds of people. Uh, The killer's name is Gustav. Gustav! Gustav! He's not your ordinary killer either. He's like 20 feet long, weighs about 2,000 pounds. Who? Estimated to be, uh, if he's still alive, about 80 years old. He's an old man. He's an old man. He's actually an old crocodile. He's a crocodile. What? He's a crocodile. This is the story of Gustav, the killer crocodile.
1: Does Gustav know the crocodile from Peter Pan? Does he have like a <laughs> clock that goes TikTok? I feel like they should have a club. Just <laughs> they're, like, they're friends. They're, 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 they'd be friends on Facebook. Totally. They'd follow each other's TikTok. <laughs> They follow each other's TikTok. Oh my God, they follow each other's TikTok. I'm dead. I just died. I am now Gustav the ghost. Tick, <laughs> tick, 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 shmi. So that sounds.
0: Or shmi. Um, oh my God, that was great. <laughs> we amuse ourselves. Yes. <laughs> so when I when I first started uh, kind of delving into the story of Gustav, and again, I first heard about, him about 15 years ago or so. Um, doing research, though, separating the legend and lore from fact. Whoa. Yeah, we, we know this well. We talk about this frequently here on Ghoulish Tendencies. We sure do. We sure do. It, it, it's a challenge. Uh, adding to that challenge is that the location of this specific story. Mm-hmm made pinpointing the truth uh, a lot harder. So Gustav primarily resides in Burundi or the Republic of Burundi. It is this tiny, tiny East African nation located between Rwanda, (laughs) Tanzania, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Wow. So, you know,
1: Stable. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty stable place.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, this this is a region that's sadly plagued by a lot of political turmoil and, and poverty. Um, it is not a tourist spot or a vacation destination for your average Western tourist. Now, Burundi is home to the Nile Crocodile.
1: Would you the, call it a crocodile?
0: Oh, God. No, but you would. <laughs> Stupid. (laughs) You love your puns. You love your puns. I do. Uh, The the Nile crocodile, they generally grow to be somewhere uh, 11 to 16 feet. Uh, They can get as big as 20 feet. Uh, They weigh anywhere between 500 pounds to uh, like 1,600 pounds, depending on their size, obviously. Not something you'd want to tangle with. No. No. Uh, In the wild, they often live on average about 45 years. At least, according to National Geographic, their website told me that the Nile crocodile lives to be approximately 45 years in the wild. Okay. Also courtesy of National Geographic, they live throughout uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, the Nile Basin, Madagascar in rivers, freshwater marshes, and mangrove swamps. Thank you, National Geographic. Mangrove. Mangrove. Their diet consists of meat, meat and a little bit of meat would you say people meat yeah they're not really picky <laughs> people are definitely on the menu in fact it's estimated and this is so this was something i actually couldn't get a a more firm number on, because I read estimates anywhere from 200 people a year to a 1,000 people a year are killed by Nile crocodiles.
1: Holy crap. That's crazy.
0: It's crazy. The the problem is, is a lot of these deaths go unreported. I mean,
1: that makes sense.
0: Yes. So, but it it makes it really hard to get any sort of accurate reporting. And so the, the numbers I was reading were all over the map. So let's look at our friend Gustav. Gustav! Gustav. Now, local legend says that Gustav has killed... 300 people dang
1: he's mm. a hungry boy he's
0: a hungry hungry hippo or hungry 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 crocodile hungry crocodile. Hungry, hungry crocodile <laughs> that he could be up to 40 feet long oh my god well remember i'm talking about legends right now so <laughs> okay 40 40 believe. feet long air quotes air quotes uh he's red maybe yellow because you know those are practically the same thing wait he may, hold on how is it? Okay, I have questions. How is a crocodile red? Again, I'm talking about the local legends. These are the local legends reported <laughs> about Gustav. Red, maybe yellow. And he may or may not have tufts of grass growing out of his head. He also, oh. he could be a demon. These are local legends.
1: He's such a, a wild card. He, he's a wild card.
0: <laughs> uh, and I mean, again, uh, some of this is obviously ridiculous. Like, he, he is in actuality somewhere probably between 20 to 25 feet. And about 2,000 pounds. And this is what we're estimating without actually, you know, weighing him. Uh, I, I can't comment on his demon status, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. Aw, shucks. I know. But when it comes to his victims, getting an accurate number is almost impossible. Like 300, that's the number that you see tossed out in almost every anything written about Gustav, he's killed 300 people. There's a more modest estimate that says around 60. In fact, and one report that said he's killed three people and I kind of call shenanigans on that. Yeah. Because unlike some of the other creatures we've talked about or or even killers we've talked about, like Gustav is real. This is not, this is not the Jersey devil where, where we're only going on on some eyewitness accounts. We know for a fact that a crocodile, a consistent crocodile, has been killing people and that he exists. Uh, In fact, there's this documentary that I got a lot of stuff from called Capturing the Killer Croc. Ooh. And it's all about a group of scientists who are trying to capture Gustav. And they've got pictures. They've got videos. We know Gustav is a real thing. So we have...
1: Evidence.
0: Evidence. evidence. We have evidence. evidence of Gustav. That is not up for debate. Okay. But how did all this start?
1: Tell me. I'm so excited to learn.
0: Lake Tanganyika is the second largest lake in Africa. Uh, it is fed into by a number of rivers, including the Ruzizi River. And this is Gustav's hunting ground, and where our story really begins. Okay, so with, with crocodile deaths being so common, it is really hard to pinpoint exactly when Gustav emerged as the delightful little man eater that he is. Man eater man either. There's, there's reports. Um, people try to kind of look back into the seventies at some of the attacks and, and point to him as the culprit. Like, here's the thing. There is no way to tell. There really is not a way to tell. Uh, 1987, is the earliest report we can kind of look at and say yeah this could have been gustav. Uh there was a a horrible crocodile attack or attacks that happened in the northeast shore of Lake Tanganyika. Um and it was reportedly this gargantuan crocodile large enough that that was something that was commented on. Dang. And and reports kind of continued Specifically talking about this larger crocodile throughout the late 80s and the early 90s. There was even, there was a rumor that Gustav um, killed the wife of the Russian ambassador. Were all of these Gustavs? We don't know. Because again, crocodile deaths, common. Right, They're, he's yeah. not the only one. He's he's not the only one. But it, it's, it's as soon as you have one thing to blame. That's where all of the blame starts to to kind of go on. Uh, and things got even more dicey into the 90s because what happened in Africa in the 90s in this region? A whole lot of turmoil and genocide. No one's really paying attention to the croc attacks. Priorities. Uh, it, priorities. But, but it also led, there was a lot of rumors during this time that soldiers were throwing bodies into the river to dispose of them. Oh no! And what are these rivers full of? Gustav and his not, friends. Not just Gustav. Yeah, Gustav's friends. That's not just. It's not just Gustav. It's crocodiles. So, crocodiles are like, oh hey, free food, nice snacks, snacks. But this has also led to a theory that. I mean, and potentially not just Gustav, but that this is what gave Gustav the taste for human flesh, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, I, I mean, this to me is kind of pushing it. Uh, but but looking at the, the mid to late 90s, this is where the legend of this gigantic crocodile really took off. Here's the thing, though. Like a crocodile eating humans, yeah, that's bad enough. That's that's not good. Nobody's happy about that. No, but the thing is, is that this crocodile wasn't always eating them. Wait, what? They would find bodies. People would find bodies, uh, sometimes dismembered, but not eaten, or just
1: drowned. So he just wanted to kill people. Yeah. So he had the taste for blood, but maybe not meat.
0: Well, and again, there's a couple different theories as to what was going on. Um, it, it could be a shark situation. Like sharks don't particularly like the taste of people. It's why so many shark attacks are one and done. Like they they take a bite and they're like, yeah. And, and they, <laughs> they let them go. Wait, is that what they actually sound like? That, that is, that is. I, I'm a shark whisperer and that's what sharks <laughs> sound like. Um So it's possible that, you know, Gustav takes a bite and he's like, oh, you smoke. I don't like how you taste. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) The drowning, though, the drowning gets to me because I'm like, if he's just drowning them, he's not even taking a bite out of them. He's just kind of being a dick. (laughs) Torturing them. Yeah. So we don't know. I mean, maybe he's a little animal serial killer or, or maybe he just doesn't like how these people taste. Enter Patrice Faye. A self-taught French herpetologist, Uh, a herpetologist is is basically a zoologist who studies reptiles and amphibians.
1: Okay. Not herpes. Not herpes.
0: No. Although, (laughs) uh, he also considers himself a naturalist and and a hunter. So he came to Burundi in 1978. By 1998, he is trying to put together a natural history museum, and one of his field assistants is eaten by a giant crocodile. Oh, no. Yeah. And the local fishermen were just like, oh, yeah, he does that. That happens. It it happens. It's it's, It's just a thing that happens. So Patrice went out, and he was actively hunting this crocodile, trying to kill him. Pissed. And uh, this is a quote from Patrice. He said, the first time I see him, I shoot at him. I shoot again. I didn't kill him. I keep hunting him. And then one day I get a really good look at him. I see this magnificent prehistoric creature, the last of the really big crocodiles. I put the rifle down. I cannot kill him. I must save him. For the next two years, I follow him. I study him. Oh, it was fantastic. Just me and him. Before the journalists arrive, I give him the name Gustav because I don't know why. It's a good name for him, no?
1: <laughs> oh,
0: he made a friend. He made a friend. But that's how Gustav got his name. I love that story. It's the yeah. Gustav
1: origin story. It's
0: the Gustav origin story. <laughs> And, like, Patrice Faye is is kind of the closest thing we have to a Gustav expert. And he has been the one keeping the records, keeping track of the people Gustav is killing. So there's another attack. And I have to be, like... Fully transparent. Um, the timeline when I was researching of some of these attacks is a little wibbly wobbly, uh, different articles would attribute different attacks to different times. It, it got a little dicey, making sure that I uh, trying to create the precise timeline that we all know Kim loves to do. (laughs) So I'm doing the best I can. Uh, and, and forgive me if any of these get off, but, uh, this attack appeared to have taken place around 1998 around the same time that um the 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 Patrice Fay first was kind of brought into the orbit of Gustav and it was a then 13-year-old boy who had been swimming in the lake. Aww, sad. And this is this is him retelling the story. Around 11:30 in the morning, my friends and I went for a swim. They say people on shore were shouting crocodile, but I didn't hear them. The croc grabbed me by the leg. At first, I thought it was one of my friends. I looked back and saw this thing that was huge and old. Then I felt the pain. It was unbelievable. So some fishermen distracted the crocodile. And this boy is swimming towards the shore, Croc apparently still trailing him. And he continues, it was like he was escorting me. He didn't attack Maybe because the fishermen were beating on the water. I turned to look at him and our eyes met. My leg was crushed and some of the calf muscle was torn off. I was almost losing my mind because of the pain. Again, he's 13 years old at this point. But he lived. His leg had to be amputated, but he lived. And he continues, while I was in the hospital... I heard that four other people were attacked and eaten at the same beach. Oh my God! Five attacks at one beach. That's how Gustav is. Dang. So whatever anyone thinks or has to say, like he is eating people, he is killing people. You cannot argue that. Sure. Now, like again, this this is all absolutely terrifying and and upsetting to think about children and, and people being killed by, by this animal. But what was maybe the most frustrating, again, is the lack of record keeping. It's so inconsistent, and it, it means tracking these deaths, tracking what happens is impossible. I, half the time, there's not names given. It's secondhand accounts, it's rumors, and mostly Patrice Fay playing crocodile detective.
1: Patrice Fay. Crocodile detective. Crocodile
0: detective. But, I, but that's just it. Like, I, I, I found some accounts he'd written in this notebook, and it's just a list of people. He travels to villages and talks to people and has, like, definitely Gustav. Maybe Gustav. Probably Gustav. This is one man on a crusade. And I didn't realize going into my research how much he single-handedly has driven the search for this crocodile. Dang. And not just that, but yeah, okay, so you've got this giant crocodile eating people, but is it always the same giant crocodile? We don't know, right? <laughs> we don't know, right? Yeah, that's just it. So according to, uh, there's this great book called Crazy River Exploration and Folly in East Africa. It's written by Richard Grant, and it has this Absolutely fantastic running interview with Patrice Fay throughout the chapter on, on um, when he was in Burundi, and uh, he he talks to Patrice, and according to Patrice, a lot of of these reports are complete BS. So this is this is a quote from the book. When I asked Patrice about the rumored three hundred, he exploded with Gaelic indignation and flew to Gustav's defense. No, 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 no. This is what they write, but it's not true. Ugh. I have records. I have investigated every case for 11 years. And Gustav, he has killed only 60 people, maybe even less. Only. Only, yeah. And Richard Grant asks him, and the Russian ambassador's wife. Because remember earlier, I'd mentioned that. Mm -hmm. And Patrice's response, this is a lie that they keep repeating. So Grant asks him, OK, well, then, you know, ha- how to get started. <laughs> sure. And he says, yes, there was an accident with a lady from the Russian embassy. And yes, Gustav, he eat her. But she was not married to the ambassador. She was just a diplomat. Not even high ranking. She was. Lo- <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> She was walking along the lake shore, and she started wading in the water, and Gustav, he'd
1: take her. Oh, my God. I love the translation in, like, the improper English and the quotes. It's so good. Oh, no, that, that
0: was him in English. Just, no, his, I know. Yeah. His, his, yeah, but his, his funny. English is Watching him in the documentary, his English is highly entertaining at times. Um, But, like, I don't know if this is a French thing, but his definition and my definition of accident they differ mildly (laughs) just a bit just Just a a bit. he's like it's an accident when he because i'm reading this and i'm like oh he says it's an accident Uh, okay so maybe she like fell and hit her head and died and then the crocodile ate her because i don't know free meat no she was in the water (laughs) and he ate her like i don't mean to i'm not trying to make light of it but like come on man (laughs)
1: It sounds like he's defending Gustav.
0: Oh, he's hella defending Gustav. So, Patrice very much and this is we're going to be getting into the the documentary in a second in terms of the timeline. Uh but he he gets very defensive of Gustav. He is equally as defensive of people as he is of the crocodile. Uh because honestly, he he actively would go through the river. Like, you see him rowing. In this documentary, you see him rowing through the river warning people, people who are just standing in the river fishing and swimming. And he's like, dude, stop. (laughs) Not even just Gustav, crocodiles.
1: Just in general. Like, nobody has any fear of the crocodiles. There's
0: crocodiles everywhere. In fact, okay, so he he would go on to say this in his interview. I don't like this. I have tried to stop it, but what can I do? This is Africa. When there is an accident, which BS again, I like that he continues to refer to Gustav killing people as an accident. accident. That's what he says. An accident. When there is an accident with Gustav, no one goes in the water for three weeks. Then they start swimming again. Why? Because they forget. Because the weather is hot and it is very nice to swim here. Because they think it will
1: not happen to them. That sounds like COVID. <laughs>
0: But uh, but it's human nature, I think, you know? It's not going to happen to me. And people saying it's worth the risk. So he decides that the only thing, the only course of action that makes sense is to try and capture Gustav alive. (sighs) Good luck. And remove him to somewhere where Gustav can be safe and humans can be safe.
1: Where would that be? I don't know.
0: Big cage. Who knows? A sanctuary, probably like there, there's uh, I mean, there's plenty of croc sanctuaries around. Although, again, Gustav is big, A hey, big boy. Well, and part of the problem is that actual sightings of Gustav are fleeting. And at this point in time, Patrice himself only has one video he'd ever captured of Gustav. It was taken either in 1998 or 1999. He couldn't even remember. And it's not great quality. So this is where I started watching the documentary I'd mentioned, Capturing the Killer Croc. It was filmed around 2002, which means at this point it's almost 20 years old. But it was enlightening. There was a lot of stuff in here about Gustav. So I use this as a major source of information. So Patrice, he goes to the capital, and he meets with the Minister of the Environment to see like, hey man, I want to capture this giant crocodile. Can I do it? He's given a two-month timeline. After two months, he has to stop and leave the country because apparently there was going to be a turnover in leadership and it wasn't going to be safe to stay. Got it. So he's like, oh, yeah, no, totally. Two months to catch this big-ass croc, that's fine. No problem. I just need, like, a really big cage. It totally worked all those times the coyote tried to capture the (laughs) roadrunner.
1: The roadrunner is pretty tiny, too. Not quite as big as uh, Mr. Gustav. (laughs) Mr.
0: Gustav. Beep, beep. So (laughs) uh, he's like, I can't do this alone. So he calls on uh, Mark Ganswana and Dr. Allison Leslie, who are both crocodile experts. Ooh. And he has this plan to make a 30-foot cage that weighs about a ton. So he starts building this giant cage, but they have to find Gustav, right? He has this huge hunting ground. So Dr. Leslie is all, I'm on it. One of her specialties is finding the crocs. The area they're looking, in, this is is actually a giant national park, Um, it used to have a lot of big mammals living there. Back in the 1950s, you could find elephants and buffaloes and warthogs and whatever, but you know, hashtag humans. Sure. Sure. Happens. (laughs) Happens. So the only mammals really left are hippos. Oh, I love hippos. Yeah, I love hippos, too. Here's the thing, though. You know what? The number one thing you need to remember about hippos? They're very dangerous. Yeah, don't fuck with hippos.
1: That's true. They have really cute little ears, though.
0: Yeah, don't fuck with hippos. Seriously. Like, killer crocs. Yeah, you have. Whatever. Don't fuck with hippos. Nobody messes with hippos. Crocodiles don't mess with hippos. They weigh 3,000 to 6,000 pounds. Dang. That's a big boy. (laughs) Yeah, and according to BBC News, they kill about 500 people a year. Holy shit, really? Oh, they are among the most dangerous mammals on the planet. I had no idea. That's crazy. Uh, Anything from uh, trampling is one of the common ways they kill people, but apparently they can also decapitate people. Chomp. Oh, my God. Don't the visual. fuck with hippos. <laughs> the visual of that. Hashtag. It's, like,
1: literally makes me think of our last episode of Catherine Knight, like, partnering up with a oh hippo. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um,
0: but, again, like like I said, crocodiles, they don't mess with hippos. Even, like... Maybe hippos, which are, you know... Oh, they're like, so cute. They're they're wee for a hippo. Um, but that's still more than your average crocodile really wants to deal with. So they kind of... They have this, like, uneasy truce. They coexist warily together. hmm Which is apparently a memo Gustav never got. Because he was witnessed killing an adult hippo. <gasps> he is a badass. Oh, no. Yeah, I digress. Um, so, Dr. Leslie she locates Gustav he's hanging out near a bunch of hippos probably looking for dinner <laughs> and friends um this is the first time you get a good look at Gustav he's massive massive and super chunky oh chunky boy he's so chunky like we'll post some pics to our instagram and uh Like he's kind of cute. He's just he's a chunky boy. In fact, okay, so Dr. Leslie would later say in an interview, he's bigger than any Nile crocodile I have ever seen, even in captivity. I was overjoyed that there was a crocodile that large still alive in the wild. Dang. He is gargantuan. And like here's the thing in the documentary he's he's next to a bunch of other full-grown crocodiles. Mm-hmm. They look like babies. They look so wee next to him. Really. Oh my gosh. It's it's also kind of terrifying. Like he so he has a very distinct head which there's like some kind of weird bumps on it which could be the origins of the tufts of grass growing from his head myths or just, you know, you're in a dirty river where there's grass and you raise your head up and there's still grass on your head. Um, Now, when Dr. Leslie first sees him, she comments, based on his size, he should be like 100 years old because size and age are are linked in the crocodile world. Sure. But he opens up his mouth and he's got a full set of teeth, which a 100-year-old crocodile would not have. So she amends this to about 60. Remembering this is like 2002, which would make him, if he was still alive today, around 80. He also has some pretty gnarly scars. He's got a number of bullet scars. Oh. Which possibly could have come from a machine gun. Uh, in fact, one of the theories is soldiers firing at him. And he has a distinct scar on his shoulder, and one of the guesses made is that a poacher tried to get him with a a spear. But one of the theories is because of his size, his skin is so thick, bullets wouldn't really do much. He's bulletproof? To an extent. These fairly distinct scars means that when you're asked to identify the crocodile that ate somebody... If there's witnesses, it's pretty easy to tell if it was Gustav or not. He is oh, a sure. very, very distinct crocodile.
1: Especially in his size. Like, oh, if yeah. compared to all the other crocodiles, he they look like little babies, then, of course, it's Gustav.
0: And he's, like, again, it's not just that he's big. He's chunky. He is a chunky, chunky
1: boy. <laughs> I just imagine, like, I remember a long time ago there was a some kind of animated bit done on safari animals and it was basically just a bunch of safari animals that had huge circular bodies with little tiny chonky feet and like (laughs) the head and tail and so i just imagine him as one of those animated globes (laughs) like little
0: chonky feet and tail and a head i mean you're not entirely wrong he's he's remarkably wide oh like wide load He's a wide load. You look at him, and you're like, damn. Um, However, so both his size and the wounds, this might be why he hunts humans. Because a crocodile that big, you're not going to move as fast, right? You're big. You're a bigger boy. His wounds also could impact his movement, so chasing smaller game, chasing fish, chasing, you know, that's not going to be as easy for him. They move very quickly.
1: So he needs slow people. That's my He needs people. large
0: game. Cows. People. Hippos. People. People.
1: I just found a picture of him. Oh, my right? God. He's so cute. He's so, but like I, the one that I found is <laughs> I'm going to have to post it on the Instagram. It's of him with his mouth wide open, like, ah. <laughs> Well, and crocodiles you sit see that his, way a lot,
0: too. They sit with their mouths open.
1: Yeah, but it looks like his, his arms are out to the sides and his mouth is wide open. You just see this chunky butt and chunky, he's chunky. stomach. He's yeah. Ve- he's a wide boy. He's And again, he's very distinct. I can see that. Huge. Gargantuan he's is the best word to huge. describe him. He's, yes.
0: he's alarmingly Huge. So, crocodiles can also go a really long time without eating. They can apparently go a couple months. So that would allow for him to be
1: a little bit of a picky eater as well. Oh well, maybe that's why he you know just takes a bite and doesn't eat it. And he's he doesn't like, no, like the I don't flavor. Like it.
0: I get it. Him and I have that in common. We're picky people. It's fine. He's a picky boy. So they're they're you know they're keeping an eye on his location. They build this cage. They set the cage up. They bait it with a cow's head because I guess. No humans volunteered. <laughs> and they set up a night vision camera and they wait. Nothing. I'm what, okay, this is what's trippy. In, in this documentary, you see his eye glowing in the night vision. He's watching the cage, mm-hmm. but he doesn't get close and he doesn't get in. Like he knows or something okay so this is great the next day they come back check the cage nope but what they do find is the body of a cow dead on one of the small islands that he most likely killed given how big this cow was but he doesn't eat it which to me it reads a little bit as a screw you like oh that's cute you left me a cow's head here i'm leaving you a cow found the body <laughs> he's trolling
1: them he's, he's trolling them oh my god and this is what uh massive crocodiles do when they don't have the internet <laughs> no, that's right they, what else are
0: they gonna do <laughs> so they keep rebating it hoping i guess he'll bite <laughs> but it's not happening um And the the medicine man of the local village says that Gustav won't take the bait because he's under a spell by an evil person, which is uh, what's preventing him from entering the cage. So he says, I'm going to perform this ritual to break the spell. And Patrice is like, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, In fact, he actually, the exact quote is, you never know in the end. And I'm on board with that attitude, though. Like, you don't know. Is it a ghost hunter? We don't know. Sure. Try it. So... uh, Sadly, he doesn't come to the cage. The medicine man is not successful. And Gustav kills another person. Oh, oh no. But again, he does not eat this person. He drowns them and leaves the body. So trolling again. Uh, Yeah. And our scientists are like, okay, so maybe the cage isn't working. Uh, They have built, I mean, what's essentially this giant, Snare trap built. They have three of them built, and they keep baiting the cage, and they're hoping one of these is gonna be successful. And they do manage to catch this like wee little crocodile, and then they release them because Gustav is still like Nabra, <laughs> not 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 falling for it. They're running out of time. They're getting a little desperate. So the next thing they decide to try is live bait. Oh, no. They start with a chicken. And again, the night vision camera on this, like the video is awesome because you just see this glowing eye move past the cage in the water. Looking at the chicken, but that's it. He's smart. And I- He's Well, and that's see, that's just it. I feel like if, if this is teaching us anything, it's to not underestimate animals because it's not just Gustav not going in the cage. None of the other crocodiles are either. Dang. So they're like, all right, chicken doesn't work. Live goat. Worked in Jurassic Park. <laughs> I was going to say, this is yeah. very Jurassic Park. Let's, let's do this. And that night there is a big rainstorm. The camera cuts out. Uh-oh. So the next day, they find that the cage has slipped partially into the river. They don't really know what happens because, again, camera went out. Uh, goat's gone. And they are out of time. Oh, no. They have to leave. And spoiler alert, the title of Capturing the Killer Croc is not really accurate because they capture nothing.
1: <laughs> they capture videos of a croc, but not an actual <laughs> croc. Not
0: croc. So then a a chunk of time goes by with no sightings, and that's not unusual. That one of Patrice's theories on the sightings is that uh, it's partially related to his mating habits. He migrates into a more remote part of the national park where he hangs out until he's, you know, gotta scratch that itch. And then he heads back down for some quality time with the female croc population. (laughs) So In 2004, there is a new string of killings. Um, From what Patrice reported, Gustav killed and ate 17 people in 30 days. Oh, my God. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, One of the reports said that one of those was a 15-year-old boy and that as he was being eaten, police were shooting at Gustav. And some of the legends of Gustav talk about him swallowing bullets what's more likely is he was opening his mouth against the pain because, you know, he was being shot at. Right. Um, Another woman recalls when her husband was killed, and she says, I don't remember the exact day, but it was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. My husband, Mayoya, and I had just eaten, and he said, I'll be right back. I'm going to river to wash up. I heard people screaming, the crock, it's taking someone. I ran to see what was happening, and I saw his clothing on the banks. We were sure that it was Gustav. What
1: could we do? That's so sad.
0: Three days later, they found his head.
1: Oh. Yeah. Wait, did he take his clothes off to go into the water, or did Gustav, like, undress him?
0: I, I believe he was bathing, so yes. Oh. Okay, that you makes know, sense. A lot of people bathe in the rivers. Uh, in fact, uh, in general, now crocodiles—that's one of the the ways they they catch fishermen, but they also catch a lot of people who are doing laundry or who are bathing in the water. So, in two thousand and seven, the movie Prime Evil comes out, which is based on Gustav. In fact, the original name of the film was Gustav. <laughs> Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, And it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's highly fictionalized, obviously. It's a television crew from America that comes to Burundi to uh, record the attempts to capture the killer crocodile alive, but it, I mean, there's things like the giant cage that is in this movie. Oh, damn! You can see stuff that they, they pulled from the documentary, but it is highly fictionalized, because also mm, crocodiles do not move as fast as this really bad CGI croc does. It's not a great movie, people. It's (laughs) Silly, it's bad CGI, skirts the line of truth. That I, there's some, uh, the way it paints the country is not awesome as well. Mm. But it did the thing that anytime a movie says, based on a true story, Gustav is still out there, uh, it brought attention to Gustav. Sorry. So, 2008, Patrice is back in the country. Uh, he's been keeping pretty good tabs on where Gustav is. He he confirms a couple more bodies. Um, he's been giving locals cell phones so that they can call him if they see him. And the fact again, he has all these scars. It makes IDing him fairly easy. Sure. And Patrice's new idea. He's kind of given up on on capturing Gustav, but he wants to tranquilize him and put a radio collar on him and then re-release him so that they can track him more easily. Which on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's not the worst idea in the world, but also bullets are barely penetrating this dude. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, live your best life. Patrice is continuing to work on educating the public about staying safe from crocodiles. And, and he actually kind of takes on a group of orphans. He opens a home. And OK, so this <laughs> it's not funny, but it's funny. This quote is sort of awful. Um, he was asked by Grant uh, if he'd be mad if Gustav ate, you know, one of his orphans. Oh, no. And his, no. his response. I can't laugh. I'm sorry. This is awful. I shouldn't be laughing. <clears throat> Uh no, even if there is an accident with my own children, I cannot blame him. I cannot kill him. He is the last of the Mohicans. There will never be another like Gustav, and I am proud to call him my friend. Even though I know very well he would eat me if he got the chance. So now he's calling him his friend. Yeah, this is this is around the time that I was like Patrice, buddy. Um, you might have been in the wilderness a little too long. I'm questioning his uh perspective. I'm just going to say that. He he's he's been out in nature too long. Um so the last not fully confirmed sighting, but but kind of most recent sighting that's talked about was from 2015 when a giant croc was seen pulling an adult buffalo into the riverbank. Oh wow. But that's where sightings stop. Oh. And so there was an article in 2019 that ran in Travel Africa magazine that said Gustav had been killed, but it, it did not elaborate on that. Uh, so I, I see that mentioned, that by 2019 he'd been killed, but I have not been able to f- figure out what the source of that is. Hmm. And this is where the story takes another kind of interesting turn I was not anticipating. I heard about this story about 15 years ago. Um, I did not realize at the time that most of what we know was because of Patrice Fay, who has has spent his time tracking and talking about this crocodile. Sure. So I was trying to figure out why sightings stopped in 2015, thinking, well, again, maybe he died, but how do we know he died? And what's Patrice Faye up to these days? And it pretty much nothing came up until something came up. Oh, no. Which is that he was apparently arrested in 2011. (sighs) According to the very little information I could find, and I want to stress how little information I could find, he was accused of uh, sexually assaulting five girls. Oh, no. And I I was trying to do my due diligence in information gathering and there was really no information to gather. As far as I can tell, he is currently in prison. He's been appealing. There was some uh, some articles that suggested his arrest was political, which I don't know. Right. Because <laughs> I found nothing. And I, I it's funny because I, I actually reached out to a friend of mine who lives in South Africa, which I, I realize is a different country. <laughs> uh, but I was... I. I reached out to her hoping she could maybe help me navigate some news sources because any time I tried to dig further, I either hit... I hit a couple paywalls uh, for one or two articles. I hit some where I was like, oh, cool information. And when I clicked the link, my um, virus checker was like, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Uh, so it, it was really hard to find additional information on, on his arrest, on his trial, which... The whole thing is just very upsetting, and I, I could not find anything. Um, I'm going to keep digging to try to see if I can get some more answers, and, and we will update if I, if I find out anything else. I feel like this is a whole other rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. But one of the reasons it appears why our information has dried up on Gustav is because the person gathering the information is no longer doing so
1: that makes sense and the whole situation is just very sad and very upsetting for sure and i feel like if we went down that rabbit hole it would be a whole other episode
0: it's a whole other episode it's a whole other other thing to go through um right because i i i again i i I touched briefly on this but either possibility um if he assaulted these girls, my God, these poor young women, uh, if what the lawyer is saying on the other side and, and some of the other articles saying this is he was arrested as, as a political ploy, my God, these poor young women, too, because they're right. being used in this horrible way. Like, it's, it's not good no matter Nothing's what. Nothing's good. Yeah. Nothing's good. It is sad. It is tragic. And I can't find the information I need to properly report on this. Right. But if I get any updates, I will. It was just, it was, it was a a really kind of bizarre
1: button (laughs) to this whole thing. Right. Well, I mean, you weren't expecting to find that. That's like. No,
0: No, not at all. (coughs) I was like, hey, Killer Crocs.
1: (gasps) Oh. Wait, what? (laughs) Oh, no. And that's awful. That's so terrible.
0: It's so terrible. And it's, it's just, uh. This is part of, I, I called poor Gabby last night. I was like, I found something out and I don't know what
1: to do with it. I mean, it's hard to like, it's hard to report on something you don't have enough information on in yeah. general. Yeah. But also like the second you hear about something like that, like you automatically like want to sympathize with whoever had that happen yeah. to them. Like These poor, poor young women. We don't ever want to think, well, you know. Just side with the guy that says no, he didn't no. do it. Like, and so I think here is where, you know, we have to take a step back and say, this is an episode about a crocodile, this is a yeah. big boy. Uh, but we happened upon this information and that's terrible and awful that, that that even happened or is being said that it even happened.
0: So where that leaves us is, uh, according to reports, Gustav's dead. I don't know what these reports are outside of this reference in this one magazine, He could be. It could be from old age. It could be from starvation. It could be from a poacher. Or he could still be roaming the waters somewhere. If you or someone you know has seen Gustav, please let us know. We would love to have him on our podcast.
1: I mean, that would be the perfect guess. Be like, so tell us about what you had for lunch. Yeah. What kind of flavors? What what, kind of flavors? What what don't you like? I'm just (laughs) curious about what makes you spit somebody out. Yeah. Um, What's the... the, (laughs) Um, also, I feel like if he actually was dead, that someone would have tried to, like, take credit dissect for dissect him. Not well, that, that too, but also from, like, a anthropology and, like. No
0: one, no one there
1: is, I mean, this is not a,
0: this is not a country where, where, again, you have one person who is is going from village to village to try to record these. There's no anthropologist hanging out looking for the corpse of a giant crocodile. That's fair. And it would, I would imagine like it would be really hard
1: to transport.
0: Well, I I think again, I feel like if it was a poacher, they would have taken credit for it in some manner. Yeah. But maybe they did on, I don't, I don't know how, I, I, I have to say, I have knowledge on a lot of things like what poachers do with things they kill, I have very little knowledge on. <laughs> I mean, it's never good. No, um, but I, I like, I don't know. I don't know. He's like a, some black market corpse somewhere, uh, where his, his skin was sold to someone as a, as a novelty, but that's not going to make it to the internet.
1: Um, also black market corpse is a great band name, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. part of the problem has always been that he's operating in a, it. it He's not in Florida,
1: you know? <laughs> no, that's, it's very different. I think that's, that's, you bring up a very good point because I feel like sometimes when we talk about certain topics, things that I personally forget about are time period and what was available during that time period and location and what is available location. in that location. Yeah. Um, obviously time period, is modern. So that's something that we wouldn't have to worry about techno- technologically speaking. Um, but location and like what, who is available to do that type of stuff in that location is very sparse. So that makes sense. But Gustav, I really hope he's out there still, to be honest.
0: I, you know, it's, it's weird to think of, of, I, I already have probably a fairly unpopular opinion about killer animals. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I've been a vegetarian since I was a teenager. I, you know, there's bears that roam my parents' backyard and I'm like, yep,
1: they were there first. <laughs> well, also you, I think, like animals more than people. So it's oh, I do easy. like animals more than people.
0: <laughs> that is, that's not up for debate. I definitely like <laughs> animals more than I like people. <laughs> well, but that makes this a perfect topic for you then. I, I, it's, I always feel like such an asshole though, where I'm like, I, I feel bad for people He's eaten. I feel bad for his fam- the families of the people he's eaten. But, I, I, again, I, I can't look at Gustav. Gustav's an animal. Right. I, I can't put a moral judgment on his actions. It, he's, not a, he's not Ted Bundy. He's a fucking crocodile. True. It, it can, it, the, the two things, like, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. You can feel bad for the victims and bad for the families and, and feel awful, but also feel for this animal. Who's doing what a meat-eating animal
1: does? And I just have to say, listeners, Kim and I did not plan on doing a meat, uh, people meat, people eating month. <laughs> <laughs> that was unintentional. The meat However, is people. This is where we are. Mm-hmm. February, the month of the meat people is people. Eating. Yeah, <laughs> soil and green. It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> we have people eaters. People eaters. Hannibal would be proud. Eat the rude. And this brings us to creepy critics corner. Creepy critics corner. Kim. What are you watching besides Croc (laughs) Docs?
0: Croc Docs? So actually, I watched a couple things recently that were pretty fun. I started watching the TV show Resident Alien. Mm. It's delightful. (laughs) Where do you watch it? Uh, It's on sci fi. And it's, I think. As of now, the first three episodes are out. Uh, by the time this recording gets released, it'll probably be four episodes, um, and it, it's Alan Tudyk who uh, is—he's one of those guys. Like he's—he's a, he's a character actor, he's a voice actor, he's in fracking everything. But um, I think I first remember seeing him. I, I grew to love him on Firefly. Uh, as 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 Wash the pilot, and he's great. He plays an alien who is on Earth, uh, trying to put together this doomsday device and masquerading as a doctor. And when I first uh, going into it, I thought it was going to be a lot more kind of like feel good. Uh oh. No it it is. It's just the humor like. Some of the humor is awful but it's funny Awful like I legit laughed Out loud numerous times throughout This episode Um, Him discovering What a douchebag was and and, I mean like it's 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 a really Fun show And I highly recommend it it's got A great cast uh, And and a couple episodes in I'm 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 invested So I I recommend it it's It's a good time it's he he's like helping to solve some murders and i don't know it's 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 a good time it's worth it's worth a watch and it's 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 a, a laugh out loud funny i also watched a movie in honor of valentine's day oh. called the love witch oh which uh is a beautiful beautiful movie like just the it's it's uh horror comedy, I guess it's contemporary. It was made, I think in 2016, but it, it's, um, a love letter to 1960s horror. Like the, the visuals on it are these just lush, rich, beautiful costumes, beautiful design, beautiful colors, uh, and, and very much leaning into 1960s horror cinema of the time uh directed by a woman written by a woman um it's just it's it's the attention to detail the aesthetic of technicolor it's it's beautiful to look at and worth a watch worth a watch it's 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 not going to be everyone's cup of tea but if you are a fan of rich visuals or you like
1: 1960s horror it'll be it'll be up your alley Wow, I don't know if you've ever made two recommendations back-to-back of things that I know I will like a lot that I have not seen. And I'm really excited. I literally just wrote those down. So I'm going to watch them. Yay! What you been watching? Well, I finally finished all of Outlander. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually, I wasn't paying attention when I was looking at Outlander. And I thought that season six had already come out. And so I powered through season five, fully finished season five, was ready to watch season six, and then couldn't find it. And it's because they haven't finished filming it yet. It literally had to stop production in 2020 because of COVID. Yeah. And they just recently picked up filming like this month for season six. Oh, crap. So it'll be Um, a little bit still. Yeah. So, but I was very disappointed by that. And that's my own fault for not doing my research. (laughs) Uh, But I did finish uh, Outlander through season five and I know I already talked about it, but it's great. I really liked it. Um, But I also was actually very excited to come speak about a documentary series that came out on Netflix, and this kind of brings us back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode of having references to previous episodes. Right. So we already talked about Ghost Adventures doing the Cecil Hotel, but we haven't talked about the Netflix show Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, and... I know you haven't seen it yet because I already asked you.
0: Yeah, um, be, Partially because of what you're about to say about it.
1: Yes. So a couple things. Um, I watched all of it because I researched it. I know a lot about it. We did an episode on it a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, I was curious to see how Netflix would put a spin on it. They generally get some really great people that can speak to certain things. I was really impressed by the detectives that they got right. to speak to to the actual cases cause that was hard to find previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got a lot of information. They actually even interviewed the guy who found Lisa lamb. Um, mm. and he was the maintenance guy. Um, and it, they got the manager of the hotel who seemed shady as shit. <laughs> um, she was someone that I was very seriously questioning throughout the entire thing. Um, And then it was interesting to see their choices of what they were focusing on. So there were four different episodes and I I fully powered through all four of them like in (laughs) a day. She did
0: it so you don't have to.
1: Yes. um, And I mean, by all means, I'm actually I would love to hear from our listeners of for those of you that have heard our episode. And I know I actually talked to Matt, who's my friend who was on the podcast Mm -hmm. with us during that episode. He's pissed. He hated it. Um, it. It's interesting because and I don't think this is really a spoiler if you've heard our podcast, you already know about the Cecil Hotel. But right. if you haven't seen um, you know, this specific show yet and you want to see it and not hear anything about it, maybe like fast forward <laughs> for like 30 seconds and then <laughs> come back and listen when you're done. Um, but I'm just going to say that one of the main contributors to the environment of the Cecil Hotel is the homelessness in the area of downtown L.A. and the intense amount of drugs that are sold, used, and the people that you know are low-income housing people that live in the Cecil Hotel. And that is very much demonized in this show. There's one person that speaks to the validity of it. But the amount of time that they give him to talk about it, and he spoke very well about the homelessness mm-hmm. issue in downtown L.A., in you know Skid Row, and just, I think, in general, right. and the mental health issues that are tied to it as well. But the amount of time they dedicated to that versus dedicating, like, half of an episode to a black metal musician from Mexico— who stayed at the Cecil Hotel a year before Elisa Lam disappeared, Mm -hmm. having literally nothing to do with her, and, like, web sleuths accused him of murdering her and had him fully banned from everything on the internet, including his own email, and had, like, his own life be turned upside down because of it. That didn't need to be focused on as heavily, in my opinion. Um, That's something that I think they could have done it in a more respectful way to him. The fact that his life was like overturned, like why need to put, why would you need feel the need to focus on that and put that out there? They gave way too much of a voice to web sleuths of people that had ideas of what had actually happened to Elisa Lam and given credibility to people that didn't really have evidence of anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're, perspective on mental health having to do with elisa lamb and her bipolar disorder and what she communicated via tumblr there are so many people that have disappeared or gone missing or been murdered or awful awful things that have happened to people in that area that have never been focused on and never talked about right and the fact that this show was titled The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, but the whole thing was about Elisa Lamb. Like, right. Yeah. I get it. I know that that's because it's a mystery. It's so weird. We have to understand it. I understand that need and want. We, that's why we do this podcast. Like right. we like to learn information and there was some additional information in that, that I learned that I didn't know about that I thought was really cool, but mm-hmm. I don't love their perspective. I don't right. love their approach. Right. Um, And I think it could have been done differently with more respect for everybody else involved and not just Elisa Lam and her family. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my take on that. Uh, If you want to talk to me further, hit me up on social media and I'll chat your ear off. But um, (laughs) truly, I haven't been watching too much stuff other than Outlander in this. Um, So... We'll check in next time with some uh, (laughs) fun stuff. But I threw a couple titles
0: out there for the both of us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, But we actually wanted to thank a new patron, Amber. We are so grateful for you. Thank you for joining us and for our... All of our patrons that are so supportive with Patreon. If you don't know, we have a Patreon. Um, We would love to share some extra content with you guys if you are not a patron already. So go on over to patreon.com, Ghoulish Tendencies, and uh, you can donate whatever you feel comfortable with monthly and get some extra perks. We also have our social media. It is ghoulish tendencies podcast on Instagram. Our website is ghoulish tendencies.com. All of our social media, all of our episodes, all of our show notes are on there. We also have a Facebook page. It is ghoulish tendencies podcast. We have a Twitter. It is ghoulish podcast. Last but not least... If you have not gone over to Apple Podcasts, please do. It really helps us whenever you give us a rating. We are currently at a 5.0 right now, which is super amazing and exciting. Yes. And we would love to keep it that way. So if you love it, we appreciate any ratings you would like to give to us and reviews. We truly love a, a good review and it brightens our days. And we appreciate anyone who takes the couple minutes it takes to do that. So thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week.
0: have such funny names
1: because they're Bjorn with it.